To remind pet owners that Progressive covers pets in our auto policy at no extra charge, we're making a really cute pet-themed radio commercial. Hear that snoring? Two sleeping puppies. Oh, they're awake! And they're heading over to that cute chubby baby that's just sitting there. What? Oh, now they're licking his face. Words will never do this justice. You'll just have to picture it. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton alongside me, as always, my tag team partner, the man who did not get his walking papers today from the WWE, <laughs> one Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing this, as always, during the pandemic, air quotes, Saturday morning, sir? You know what, Roy? I was thinking about a good analogy. I was thinking about, like, I don't know, like, like a- after WrestleMania, we needed to bring in, like, the third member of the Shield, but I think for our A block... We had to bring back Rough Riders. No, we we got it. We got to go Rough Riders. We got it. We got to pull out. The, I we got to. <laughs> yeah, no, I like. I will. I like. I was the uh, se- Homeland Secretary of the Dragon Fan Club, and I, I, I amazingly listened to that album a few months ago, and I don't know why. Yeah, we we got we had to go three three wide as we as we always do for special occasions. Got to bring friend of the show, basically show family at this point. A good friend. Uh, you know him on Twitter, CJ Rice and things, but our good friend Chris Stevens joins us once again. Mr. Stevens, how's it going, man? It is great to be back with you guys. And as Chris said, as a card-carrying member of the Mel Jason Smalls, a.k.a. Dragon Fan Club, it is good It is, it is. good to be in good company, as always. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, so yeah, so CJ is joining us here once again on Philly Cam Radio, again, 106.5 FM. WPPM LP Philadelphia. Again, you can catch us here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. or wherever you get your podcast. Just do a search for the Broadstreet Line. We had to have CJ on. CJ, CJ on. CJ's been on on our show quite a bit um, over the years, but he's also, you know, probably our, our number one music correspondent. And again, you know, we're all, you know, our hearts are heavy this week because um, we had a passing of a legend, um, as you guys know. Um, you know, Earl Simmons, who you may better know as DMX, uh, passed away last week. I'm just going to open up the floor because we're just going to talk because, again, because BMX meant a lot to, to all three of us. So we're just going to open up the floor and let it go. And Chris or CJ, let me let me start with you. Uh, when when you know what? Let me just ask a, a simple question. What did what did DMX mean to you? Earl Simmons came along when I was 16 years old. First song I ever heard him on was Pull It with Cameron. And this was back when I can't remember the Power 99 lineup, by heart, but I know. Mm-hmm. The evening show was um, the afternoon show was Gary Young. Remember, you might remember he was the Sixers PA mm-hmm. announcer for a time, and that was the first time I'd ever heard DMX and him and Cameron were talking about stashing little Nate. He was only eight, but I ain't kids. And <laughs> for you know, for a guy to just take over rap the way he did at a time that he did, because you know it was like a year after we lost Pac, not long after we lost Biggie, right. and you know the shiny suit era was on its way. And here's a guy who is the antithesis antithesis of that. And, you know, once we learned more about him, his upbringing, where he came from, he, he as Stephen A. Smith said, he came from the gutter mm-hmm. to become one of the greats to ever do this. And all right, so I was a really nerdy kid. I mean, I got picked on a lot at 16, 17, and DMX really came along at a time when I needed a way to channel my anger, and his music was like the perfect thing for me. He came, he, he became my favorite rapper after that, and it was devastating to lose him, you know, because 50 years old is pretty young. And, yeah. you know, even though his rap career wasn't what it was, it still felt like, you know, we got cheated out of a second act. But he, as he said on the Drink Champs episode with Nori, if he, he said it, if he were to drop dead at this moment, his last thought would be that he had a good life. So if he was okay with going, I feel like we should be okay with it. I mean, we're going to miss him, no doubt about it. But I feel like DMX, Earl Simmons did what he came here to do. So you, you mentioned, you know, DMX, you know, kind of was the perfect soundtrack for, for your life at a, at a time. And again, we're all about the same age. Um, I can relate to that as well. And Chris, you can relate to that as you can relate to that as well. 
I don't think we understood, or at least I didn't understand in the moment how big, you know, X was in kind of the terms of just, just hip hop history in general, because again, we go back to, to 88 or to 98, excuse me. And you had those two albums, this dark and hell of and, and flesh in my flesh, blood of my blood come out in the same year. Basically, basically DMX is, you know, rookie year for, for lack of a, of a better term. And like, he completely, he just like dominated the scene. Like the DMX was like the hottest thing on the scene, you know, as a rookie, as a, a young, relatively young rapper, young to, to most people's eyes, a, a young rapper, Chris, let me ask you, like, did you understand at the time, did you understand in 98 just how massive DMX was? No, I did not. And I think, because I love music history, hip-hop, like rock, like all of it, because I think there's this evolution. And I like to see things, because when you're in, like, I mean, even music historians then just didn't know. But 20 Mm -hmm. years later, just imagine the ears that DMX had to vie for. He was dealing, he was in the boy band era with NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. Like, I, I mean, those, like, I, I mean, like, it is gotta be, it's gotta, you gotta be really darn good to attract ears with all, like, with all these, like, I, I mean, these weren't just flashing the pants. Like, that, this was when these artists were selling millions of records a week. And to have this, and, I thought about this because I knew I would talk to someone who would listen to me about this topic. How many songs or features can you say that Jay-Z wasn't the biggest artist on it? It was only songs with X. Mm-hmm. Like all like like Blackout, like I don't know, like Money Cash, Bleep. Like I mean like DMX was the bigger star on there. Like I, I mean like, it, like how many times can Jay-Z say he played second fiddle to anybody? And I think that shows, and I, I mean, if we're, like, I could say, like, with a fair amount of confidence that I don't think uh, peak Jay-Z is, is as high as a peak, as peak DMX 98 to 2000. Like, I, I mean, like, the dude was pumping out albums, performing at Woodstock, re- releasing, like, like, collabo albums. I mean, but he wasn't getting tired. It's not like people said, oh my God, 2000's up, I'm tired of hearing DMX. Because most rappers in general, even like rappers at their peak have like a three, four year shelf life. X had like, like even like, I, I mean, great, like even after, like, I don't know, the third album, he was still like popping out anthems. And I think that's mm-hmm. what DMX was, his calling card was anthems. Like, I, I mean, like from Rough Riders Anthem, Where the Hood At, like, I, I mean, like you, you put this on anywhere, and people are—I don't know—their eyebrows are, are are raised. Yeah, you you raise a you raise a couple of good points, and that's one of the notes that I, that I had um, about the, the the anthem thing because, like, you, if you think about it, like Rough Riders Anthem, "Get at Me, Dog," "Party Up," you know, "What's My Name," like those are those are moments, like those are those are anth- like those are anthem, like those aren't just great songs. Like every like a lot of rappers have a bunch of great songs, but I mean, when you talk about Rough Riders Anthem or you know, what's my name? A party up. Like you knew, you know where you were when these songs were hot. You can't tell the story of music and right. or hip hop without a handful of DMX songs. And no. I don't think many artists, musicians, rappers, whatever, can claim can lay claim to that. And I think that's. And for me, I didn't realize how timeless DMX's music was because I like. I mean, there's a lot of artists that were hot back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, and I could care care less for them. Like Fifty Cent, like I'm not jumping to like hear the massacre. And 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 that, that's a good point. Like the music is timeless because again, as you mentioned, he had you know five platinum albums. The first three, you know, multi platinum albums. Um, again, the first three released in the span of 19 months. And you know, a lot of I, I know they're young people because again, I can kind of tell on Twitter. Like a lot of young people were saying, you know, it's revisionist history to say that. X at his peak is is bigger than than Jay Z at his peak, but Chris, you said it. CJ, I don't know if you agree, but do you agree? Let me ask you a question: Was was peak X again? Ninety nine X is that at his peak? Was he higher than than Jay Z's peak? What, what, what is what is peak Jay Z? Like I don't know. Like you can I don't like. Is it Blueprint? It's probably probably. See, if you can't even determine what a what an artist's peak is, it's not even like I can. Only, and yeah. like and, and this is like an uh, like a. A question for the floor is what other peaks in your life your musical listening life is higher than x the only one i can think of is chronic into doggy style snoop 
Yeah, the re- soup was literally like I don't know, like in a time where he was going with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, he was arguably for a minute the biggest star on the planet, the the, the biggest musician on the planet. For me, the only comparison music wise and. I know we're going to have a lot of people who know us listening to this. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to die on the hill. I'm going to say <laughs> Earl Simmons from 1997 to 2003, Stevie Wonder, 1971 to 1976. Wow. Mm. Same person, mm. same so, person. So, same. You're saying, so, so you're saying he had the, the best run in hip hop history. He had he has the songs in the key of life with um flesh and my flesh blood of my blood. He has the inner visions with it's dark and H E double hockey sticks. You can, say hell, you can say hell is cool. Okay, <laughs> it's dark and hell is hot. He's got he, the albums may not be as you know. I guess the word I want to say is they may not be as expansive as what Stevie was putting out, but the influence is very similar because everyone in pop music for a time was trying to emulate what Stevie Wonder was doing in the beginning of the 1970s. And everyone in hip hop, to an extent, was trying to follow what DMX and Rough Riders was doing from the tail end in the 90s to the beginning of the 21st century. So, and Jay, for his part, we talked, I talked about this on a podcast I did with the, um, another music friend that he or she who lives longest gets to tell the story. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, Notorious B.I.G. died at 24. Tupac died at 25. DMX lived until 50, but he kind of sort of fell off the mat with his own issues at that point. So we think of Jay as a GOAT because he's been around the longest. Mm-hmm. He's been the one that's, you know, been the most consistent. And that's not to take anything away from him because, my goodness, I mean, his catalog speaks for itself for the most part. But right. for for the, for the time that him and DMX were head to head, there was no comparison. DMX yeah. was absolutely the bigger star. Yeah, no, I think a good mm-hmm. analogy is like Jay's few, like Jay's match has lit the longest, but I don't think Jay's match has lit as hot as 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 some guys. Like I, I mean, like I don't like like who had a bigger peak, him or Kanye? I, I mean, and that's the I don't even know what peak Kanye is. Geez, that's a good question too. Yeah, like, um... no, like I, I mean, like, but but when but when unfortunately when when something like this happens, you get a little like I don't know, like retrospective, and you think about where this where this artist's legacy is, and I, mm-hmm. I I mean like I mean for me, like other than all the music, for me it's this guy with with a red jumpsuit on in front of four hundred thousand or three hundred thousand or or some hundred thousand. Has him in the palm of his hands saying, I can't hear y'all. That was a terrible DMX. Yeah, I'll stop that. (laughs) No, (laughs) No, but but, I mean, like, that's like, 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 I I mean, we'll segue into WrestleMania at some point, but like, like, he had his WrestleMania moment, his moment. Like, I I mean, like, when, like, I don't know, like, that's one of the 10 things you'll think about other than like the Rangers song. When you think of DMX, it's like him at Woodstock performing in front of 300,000 people. Mm-hmm. And everyone just like jaw drop, be like, "Wow, this dude is unreal." Yeah, and and again, like there's very few rappers, you know, like at their peaks. I mean, you can probably name a couple, but there's there's very few rappers at that peak who would have been able to pull off something like that. Like you know, maybe a Jay at his peak, maybe a Kanye at his peak, maybe a Wayne in his peak um, that would have been able to pull off something like you know what you saw at you know Woodstock or even the other performances you saw like DMX Rolling Loud and, and things like that. Because again, this man again three multi platinum albums over a span of nineteen months. But forget those albums, because again. He had crazy guest features. Like he would like four, three, two, one. Obviously, is iconic. You know, twenty four hours to live. Money, power, respect. You know, money, cash, hoes. We can say hoes, so I'm going to say it. Money, cash, hoes. <laughs> you know, tear it up. Like like the man jumped on other songs and just like tore it up. So I mean, like the man, like it wasn't just it wasn't just his the, the stuff on his album. This was stuff he did for other people's albums before his official albums came out, or even even while they were out. But DMX again, he was on Unsigned Hype in 1991. Like on, he was in the January issue of a uh, January ninety one issue of the Source on Unsound Hype in ninety one, but again just didn't take over the world until ninety eight. So again, like that's like that's just kind of a testament on how, how much that kind of X was kind of you know oh, we had other things going on during the time, but I mean how you had to kind of break through to make a statement because like you said, Chris, that was the height of the uh, the TRL era. I mean again, you turn on TRL, it's Britney, it's in sync, it's TJ. You said the shiny suit era, like you know like a lot of people weren't ready for that you know for X until 98 when you needed something that was different from 
you know, the, the locks dancing around saying if you think I'm jiggy. You know what I mean? So Yeah, no, no, and I think, like, I don't know. And another sign of someone's influence is look at his coaching tree, so to speak. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, you can't – Swiss Beats doesn't exist without DMX. Probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, like, I, I mean, like, for me, like, Rough Riders locks is the best locks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you had Eve. You had, like, I, I mean, like, that's where – and, I mean – not not to this day because I don't even know what the hell hip hop sounds like nowadays. But like I, I mean, uh, for a long time you heard DMX's influence on so many artists, and uh, I mean like you can like they were trying to go. I I mean like hell like I don't know. Look at a guy like Shine. I, I mean like guys like that. Chris, you you were, so you mentioned uh, obviously you you mentioned Swiss Beats, and of course you know one of the last great memories we all have of DMX was at the verses against Snoop last year. Um, Chris, you know, CJ, I know you're a fan of, of, you know, the verses and, and I don't know if you had a chance to see that one in particular, but just how, how great was it to, to see DMX, you know, get his flowers on a stage like that with Snoop? I don't, I, I think as, you know, contrived as verses has kind of become because once it start when it started, it was just generally, you know, two acts hopping on Instagram and be like, okay, let's play our hits and let people decide. And then, you know, corporations, as they always do when they get in, when they get involved, you know, it kind of sort of brings things down a level. But I didn't get that se- sense with X and Snoop, mm-hmm. you know, like it was generally just two old dogs, you know, pardon the pun, you know, having a great time just talking to <laughs> Just yes. talking to- no, I, I forgot the hype was dog versus dog. versus dog, dog man. Dog yeah. versus dog. Yeah, and those two literally just, you know, th- they loved on each other. And for some, for two guys that went through their fair share of struggles, you know, Snoop with the, you know, the label jumping and, the, you know, the crime stuff and DMX, you know, with his issues, just to see those two, you know, <clears throat> giving each other their props, you know, letting the people, and for DMX, I don't, I don't think we knew that Obviously, we didn't know, you know, that he was going to, you know, be leaving us so soon. But, you know, for him to know that people loved him and admired his work and, you know, the the influence he had on people, it was just beyond the music, you know, with the prayers. And I saw someone on Twitter and it's going to bother me that I can't remember this person's handle, but they said DMX showed that you don't have to be the perfect, you know, religious person to receive religious favor if that's what you're into. And he proved it every day. Like, you know, here was a guy, you know, who would, you know, run afoul of child support and different things of that nature. But he always kept God first in his heart, you know, and I feel like that's, you know, should lessen it, lessen the blow a little bit more, too, because he knew. I mean, he knew where his spirituality lies and he knew where he was going. So he's fine with it. And hopefully, you know, he's at peace now because so much of his life was about that struggle for finding peace. And hopefully that's where he is right now. Yeah, and anybody who's familiar with the DMX story knows that he, you know, he dealt with a lot of demons. Um, whether you've just kind of seen it in, you know, the the various things that we've heard in public or read his autobiography, or I know he was even on like Oyana Fix My Life again a few, a few years ago. Like, oh, he's dealt God, with a lot I of stuff. About that. Yeah, he dealt with a lot of stuff of stuff in his life, and just to kind of go along with that, like you said, Chris, like you know, like he dealt with all those demons and things, but you could tell that he had like a pure soul. He was a good. He had a good soul, and, and yeah. And he had good energy, and not just energy in his in his rhyme, but he had just just good energy, a good aura about him. And he shared that with everybody, and he gave people so much joy, even though he had so you know so yeah. much turmoil and so much pain inside him. So, I, so I'm glad again. I'm glad that that versus gave us a chance to kind of, as they say, give him his flowers because because again, like DMX gave us gave millions of people so much joy, and it's, it's which is great to see that us us be able to have that chance to just give that back to him. So yeah, yeah, no, I think for. For a lot of people, it was genuine vulnerability. Where, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, you didn't need to be because, I mean, for the longest time, just musicians, rock stars, whatever, have this R of just invincibility. Like, I, I mean, like, I like, I am infallible. I can't be touched. Like, I, I mean, like, I'm impervious to pain. And DMX was definitely not that. And he showed it. And like, I, I mean, like, for better or worse, his, like, his rise and his like. And his troubles were were out there for broadcasting, and it, but I feel like, like Chris said at the jump, like CJ said at the jump, feels like he was at peace. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, man, isn't that isn't that all you can ask for when you live that kind of life? I, I mean, I would think so. Again, like as you know, as you know, you know, whenever we lose someone, you know, as, as, 
Like, and, and someone who's going through pain, you know, the thing that kind of gives us comfort, at least gives me comfort a lot of times is that, you know, the, that person is at peace. And again, like, you know, CJ said, like, you know, DMX didn't know that, that, you know, he wasn't going to live, you know, much longer. But again, like he, like, as he said, you know, CJ mentioned before, DMX said, you know, if I die tomorrow, then I'll be at peace. And again, if, if we all can get to that point, then, you know, you know, then we can all kind of feel better. The rest of us, I guess, living can kind of feel better that the person that that we know that 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 you know we love that we got so much love from, you know, is is at peace. So again, I'm you know I'm glad that DMX is at peace. I'm glad his hopefully his family finds peace. Um, if they haven't, um, hopefully they find peace because I'm I'm sure this is kind of you know this was a shock to them as well. Um, but again, we just wanted to kind of you know share our love for 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 DMX. I do want to mention one thing. I, don't want to get into a really deep conversation because this could take up the whole episode. But <laughs> I heard this on Joe Budden podcast, and I wasn't sure what my answer was to this. But there was the argument that DMX has a top fifteen catalog in the history of hip hop, and I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what my answer was. I think it's probably right. I think he probably is in that top fifteen. I don't know where no. I put. No, this is my homework project because I will. I, I refuse to answer this question. Like I, like I am invoking my right not to answer this question because I, I, like on the surface you think, damn. Like, see the thing about the MX that that is that is not confounding, but I mean he was like usually a, a library of music means longevity. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, DMX didn't have longevity. He was here five, like uh, he was he was shown shown bright for five years and was kind of out of it. So, but if that, but if your quality is so good that your quantity doesn't matter, right. is is that a compelling argument to put him in the top fifteen? Because because that's the thing. It's like you know, if if the longevity thing matters, and again, does Biggie just not make the list? I mean, you can argue it either way, however you want to describe it. Because again. But he had two albums. I guess if you want to count the double CD, it's three. If you want to like stretch it, which they kind of and did that Shaq bit. song, but <laughs> and and the Shaq song. So so longevity matters. And Biggie's not on your top fifteen. And if Biggie's not on your top fifteen, then I can't imagine how DMX doesn't make a top fifteen. So I, I thought it was an interesting question. No, CJ, I think, CJ, I don't know if you have a, a thought. No, about I think if we said who has if we categorize library. Saying who has the best twenty-five song library? No, no, no. See, I don't know if that's fair. Like, I don't know if that's like. I don't know. Well, maybe that's fair. I don't no, know. No, but it's <laughs> no, but like it goes back to like Hall of Fames, like in general. Like, are you like, is is longevity like? What's your weighted average on longevity? I think it for matters me, a little I bit. don't give a crap about longevity. Like, I, I mean, like guys like Jeff Bagwell, like I don't know, or Craig Biggio, hitting like staying for twenty damn years, getting four thousand this. That doesn't impress me. It really doesn't. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, so if a guy like DMX just like I don't know, like scored thirty and nine for five years and got bounced bounced out. He might be a Hall of Fame, like it, in my mind. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. CJ, what do you think? I think for me, it's absolutely you know top ten, top fifteen ish. I think when when you talk about the history of hip hop, we don't you know have guys that have had you know the 20 album careers of like rockers and pop singers. Right. And because most, most hip hop guys don't have a second act. Like, you know, you can see that Marvin Gaye's catalog went from 1961 to 1982. You can say that Stevie Wonder's catalog has gone from 1963 to whenever his last album was released this century. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, with rap guys, you know, because because a lot of musicians they can stretch out into different forms. Rappers just generally generally stay in that rap lane. So you're not gonna have a guy with 10, 15 albums to his credit or 20 albums to his credit, like you know, Jay or or even Drake. Drake. Or Nas, I, I mean, yeah. I hate to, I mean I hate to say it, but I mean Drake's been around for 10 years. Like and like I don't know. And like I don't like I no, but like mm -hmm. Yeah, really I mean, we could go down this pipe, but I but I always wonder: Does Drake stay around ten years if he started in two thousand instead of twenty ten? Because the comp like problem with hip hop is there's no competition with Drake. Like he's not up in the like there's no up in the ante. It's oh, 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 there is. He just won't entertain this competition in one <laughs> in, in the form of one Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. So right, right. I, yeah, mean, no, I, mean, I mean, you know, like, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I mean, like, is like, uh, but is this? If you put 
these guys in a different era? Would these guys be able, like, would Drake still be relevant if if he was in a, a bit like an era where he had other contemporaries? Because it feels like he doesn't have a contemporary other than Kendrick. Well, see, here's the thing. See, Drake's funny because I mean, I mean, Drake's. I, I don't know if you can just put Drake in an era, well, in a different era, because Drake is kind of like the sound for this era. So, like, if you put him in, let's say you put him in the 2000s, he, I don't think he'd sound like this Drake. I think he'd probably try to sound like the 2000, whoever was hot, well, X probably. You know what I mean? So, like, like I but think, I would, think kudos to Drake for reinventing. Like he, like I mean, whether it's reinventing people like like views or like he could go to like I don't know like trophies and stuff like that. He's always like his brand. Like, and, and that's the thing: most hip hop guys don't have brands; they're mm -hmm. just rappers. But Drake is a enterprise. He's an LLC, yeah. and I think that's what separates him from everyone else. But but getting back to like the library is like I don't know like where like. Who, who would have a definitively better library than DMX? All right. See, I, kn I knew I didn't want to open this door. But we're <laughs> yeah, gonna do it. We're yeah. gonna do it. All right. So the door's open. So obviously, I think definitively better library. I think it's Jay Z is definitively better. I think Kanye is definitively better. What? Um, we'll yeah. Kanye's album. his discography. Yeah, it's, it's definitively better than, than Jay Z than uh, than than DMX. And I love DMX. I love DMX. No, no, no. Kanye's but a better like, discography. If, if you did a tw top twenty songs. Is our our so you're saying Kanye's top twenty is definitive like mm -hmm. decidedly better than the you know mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. I'm gonna write this down later. Okay. No, I think mm -hmm. it's if you if you want to do top twenty songs or best albums or or whatever, then yeah, I think Kanye's discography discography is better than than than. Uh, All right, just Wayne. I think Wayne. See, <laughs> see, because no, I'm not the biggest like Wayne that, fan. That, that, that needs some thought. I don't want to be that guy. I'm not the huge. I'm not the biggest Wayne fan. For me, it's X because, but again, like as CJ said, like X was just like ninety. I was in college in ninety eight, like you know, like I, I was making like eight thousand an hour. Like I thought I was something, something, you know what I mean? Like I thought I was doing something back then. So like that was the, that was the soundtrack of my life. So like Wayne came a little later. So like it wasn't the same. No, what I mean, like it the for me. Now, if you had to put like four guys in a bucket and they could like go in a hell in a cell, like no holds barred, who comes out? Like if you had to put DMX Lil Wayne. Who would be two comparable guys? Discography wise? Yes. I mean, those guys are titans. I mean, like those, they're right there. I mean, I'll, I'll defer to you, CJ, while I think of this. I can't think of any. Let me say this. Let me let me let me just kind of rip off some guys. I think he has out clearly. I think X is a, a way better discography than Snoop. Um would I put Nas in that bucket? Maybe. Oh, he's better than Nas. Easy. Easy. What? Easy. Easy. Oh Easy. man. Easy. And I, and I hate I hate I hate to be the one hot album every ten year average guy. Uh, I mean, it's not wrong. But, not, but I wish I had like a sp a spicy emoji to put up here because that's no. But like no. But I, I think people mm. forget that that's after, spicy. But after Illmatic and Stillmatic, Nas put out some. I don't say crap, but like Godson was terrible. Godson was terrible. I know Godson was awesome, but yeah. like like but. What Jay Z said had a figment of truth. It wasn't wrong. Like, I mean, yeah, no, he wasn't wrong. So, do you ding a dude for just like and, and one his peak? I like his peak was his rookie year. Yeah, his peak was. So alive. I mean, like, 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 what's what, what's the say in that? And the thing with Nas is a lot of the stuff that he puts out. You know, he's a he's a victim of his own ear. Because yes, his, yes, his, no. his you are his, so damn right. His beat selection is when, when, when we when we talk about how great Rick Ross's ear for, for beats is, Nas is in the completely opposite direction. Like this dude gave a feature a placement to Chris Webber. We don't even <laughs> want to hear Chris Webber on TNT on Thursday nights anymore. And this dude has a beat on a Nas album, which which was supposed to be a selling point for the album. Yeah. So you can and, and and granted my my personal taste of Swiss has changed. I mean, I was a Swiss stand because I didn't know any better in those days, <laughs> and then and then my view changed. But one thing you can say about Swiss is that DMX brought out the best of Swiss beats. Period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you say can you can you say that about Nas and any other producer? I don't think you can. I don't think no. you can. No. Uh, no, I always fought for the longest time. People said. People like fans who say they love Nas 
or like people that that said they like under like it like these small indie bands just to look cool because yes. like I, I mean like yeah. Nas is absolutely like Nas's music does not reach Gen Pop. DMX's music reached Gen Pop. Like I mean it was for like oh my god it's so it rings true like like the. The, the super critical hip hop thinkers like Nas like I mean it took me twenty years to really appreciate Omatic like I know because like twenty five year old me wasn't trying to hear like New York State of Mind I was trying to listen to like like get it on the floor like I mean like that mm -hmm. but like I mean you need that with round the clock protection at a great price your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to unlike this unenthusiastic hype man okay everybody let's make some noise. Put your hands up. Or not. It's your call. Here we go now. Here we go. Switch to Progressive today. It is electric in here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 P5 Smart Bed is only $17.99. Save $600. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. To appreciate albums like, like Illmatic, you really need that, like, that, like, that refined musical mind with with it's dark and hell is hot. You just need a soul. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not gonna again. I didn't want to do this, but I'm gonna keep going because I can't help myself now. <laughs> Kendrick. Wow. Because I think the answer is Kendrick. I love. Yeah, I love I Kendrick, man. Kendrick. I'm sorry. <laughs> man, man, you guys are really caliente with these. Uh, no, 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 no. That 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 Nas thing. I ain't touching. I ain't touching the Nas thing. But so you're Kendrick, saying Kendrick is on, but are you saying Kendrick Kendrick's is on the same level as? Are you Kendrick, saying Kendrick is on the same level as Nas? Kendrick's discography is better than X's discography. That's neither my neither neither Nas or DMX has a section eighty, and that was Kendrick Lamar from the jump. Right. We're not talking about Good Kid, Mad City. We're not talking about um, Damn, and the Untitled album, which was just a. I mean, Kendrick Lamar's throwaway joints. Was a cohesive album. How many artists? How many? How many artists in any musical genre can say I'm going to put together some throwaway tracks that either are finished or unfinished, and it's still can, going to make sense to you? Can you that, compare Good Kid, Mad City, and It's Dark and Hell is Hot? They're kind of different. I mean, they're different, obviously. Um, no, no, because like I always feel like there aren't many class like. Like albums that you can put in the time machine in the last ten years. I mean, mm -hmm. there are probably one handful. Like, I, I, and Good Kid, Mad City is one of them. But Kendrick and might have I, two, depending on who you talk to. Me, he might have three. I wasn't the biggest fan of Damn, but whatever. I just, I, damn, Kendrick is that good? <laughs> no, I, I, I understand that. <laughs> but I, I think the put it. Yeah, no, CJ, go ahead. I think because whatever sabbatical he's on is just kind of adding to his legend because Dan was 2017, and here we are getting ready to go into the third quarter of 2021. So right. the question is, mm -hmm. I, I think if Kendrick ever decides to release another album, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Hopefully he does. Hopefully he will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the question, that'll, that'll answer will probably come <coughs> with this latest album, whatever he drops, you know. This will probably be the one that's probably why it's taking so long because he's really trying to cement his legacy. Because as I said, you know, we say Drake doesn't have any competition. Drake is running from Kendrick Lamar. He's running scared. No. And I know I am going to catch, you know, hell for that from Drake stands, but he is running scared from Kendrick Lamar. Always has, always will. So for me, when you, when, when, when you can't call yourself the top dog, pardon the pun, if you are running from the top dog, and Kendrick Lamar is that dude right now. He just hasn't released anything to kind of sort of, you know, advance my argument <laughs> it, no, it, no I, I think once you have these like these deep discourses you realize that there aren't many people even though he hmm. wasn't like he wasn't like at his peak for he wasn't at his superpowers for long he really did pump out some some timeless stuff again they were moments they weren't just anthems like like dmx had moments again like you know where you were when you know these certain songs came out and look i like a lot of rappers and again we're not going to get into the, the drake discussion and drake had some moments but drake's had drake's career was twice as long as dmx's 
he, I don't think he's has as many moments, at least not to me. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't think he has as no, many moments. Because you're, be, no, no, because you're not 20. Yeah, that's what I said. Maybe <laughs> yeah. if I was 20. Okay. No, right. I think, no, I know, but I think this is the perfect discussion. But it also helps that you have like people who have an appreciation for errors. Well, not this error, this error is trash. But I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know, like maybe before 2015. But I mean, like, yeah. that's like, that's what I like to see about, like, because I, I mean, this isn't some hot take to say DMX is an all time great. Like, uh, and mm-hmm. like, you could put legend, dare I say, use the goat emoji. Like, he is that, like, I, I mean, he is that damn good. Yeah, he, yeah, no, he, he is Absolutely. that good again. Yeah, let me, yeah, let, let me let you have the last word on this, EJ. Yeah, I feel like it'll, it, because probably, you know, we do, we do this a lot when people pass away. Unfortunately, we did it with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. we did it with Prince. And we did it with, and we're doing, we're going to do it with DMX. What those three have in common is it's all true. Michael Jackson was the greatest performer, dancer to ever walk the planet. Prince was probably the most singular driven musician that you will ever find anywhere. I mean, who at 21 years old does every single instrument on his, on his debut album and DMX, you know, for what he brought to hip hop and what, you know, in the game and I mean, we're gonna we're gonna those guys, you know, on time and they all they all passed away around 52. Golly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's just one of those things where you know you find a deep appreciation for people. Unfortunately, as my grandmother used to say, you never miss your water until your well runs dry. Mm-hmm. So when these folks leave us in an untimely fashion, we go back and we rediscover and we recalibrate and we remind <laughs> ourselves that okay. This person was really good. Oh, wow. This person did this. This person did that. Why didn't we do this while they were alive? And I think that's probably the beautiful thing about verses that now we kind of sort of get to give these folks their flowers. So, yeah, that's pretty much where I am with it. You know, DMX is probably one of the goats of, of rap. And it's only going to increase, you know, his, his stature is only going to increase in time once people understand. Once these youngins get past their recency bias, mm-hmm. they'll see that DMX really was that dude. Yeah. And, and, you know, once we kind of kind of go to our separate corners and kind of think about this for a while, CJ, we're going to have you back on the show to kind of officially rank DMX's dis- discography. We'll, we'll figure out the rule, the ground rules. We will talk about that in another episode. We're going to take a break now because on the other side, we'll talk some WrestleMania because the road is done. Everyone's all Dave, the, everyone's we brought in the all road. Dave Meltzer. So uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, the non-problematic Dave Meltzer is on yeah. with us. Uh, we will talk about <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> On the other side, you're listening to the Broad Street Line, 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. You think you know me. On this day, I see clearly everything is come to life. Welcome back to the Broad Street Line alongside Chris Domingo and Chris Stevens. I'm Roy Burton. Segment number two of the show. Put a bow on something called WrestleMania 37. The first live event for WWE, and I believe it was 13 months. I may have the, the, the timing incorrect. But over two nights, there were 25,000 folks down in Tampa, Florida, to enjoy some wrestling, some live wrestling. And no, I'm not talking about AEW and 62-year-old Sting. I'm talking about wrestling. <laughs> Involving the best of the WWE. Oh no, man! I wish no, man. Like I, <laughs> now, I want to just like because I, because I like because I just hear like because I know trying to dunk on WWE is like the cool thing to do amongst like wrestling, Mark. But like, are we like talking about the other company that just hired Paul White? No, I'm not. I, mean, I didn't plan. I didn't plan. Well, <laughs> later. I was going to talk about them later, but it's a very specific reason, and, and I think you'll understand why. But WrestleMania was just two nights. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about, but just for the sake of just kind of keeping things in order, I'm just gonna I'm no, gonna go in order. No, 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 first we'll off, stop. first off, yes. How? Yes. What is the difference between fans and no fans? I know wrestling fans are want to get themselves over a lot, but God, man, having fans is like night and beyond day. 
it like it is just like and like I, and like I, I don't know how much twenty five thousand fans does, but damn, it's better than zero. It's better than uh, like some flat screens at the at the silver, at the Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's better. Yeah, it's better than flat screens at the Thunderdome. It's better than a whole bunch of NXT recruits kind of banging on the plexiglass. Yes. Um, oh my god. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> down in NXT. So no. So yeah. So kudos to everybody who attended one or both days of WrestleMania. Hopefully you guys. You know, did the Hopefully right you survived the thunderstorms. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, see, I'm surprised that hasn't happened before. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. like since since WWE has gone to like the stadium thing, this is the first rain delay in like the like someone was saying, like maybe like it, it, like like you have old baseball clubs, maybe you should have old wrestling challenges in between like like, like oh, the yes. rain delays. But <laughs> I, I mean, would, like, I would love know, that. But I couldn't imagine being a fan there waiting. For a year to go somewhere, and all you got to deal with is like severe thunderstorms. That is, but from what I read, the the fans are just like winging it. They're just like, man, we haven't been here in a minute, man. We're like, it sucks, but we'll we'll manage. Yeah, you just you just make just make the most just make the most of the situation. But let's go in order again. We can we'll stop at every match, and you know we offer commentary as needed. But we will start with the first match on night one. A shocking shocking result to me because uh, Bobby Lashley retained his title. Um, by beating Drew McIntyre in the WWE Championship match uh, to kick off the first night, I like I just I thought this was going to be a you know like it's time for Drew to get the belt in front of fans because nothing for nothing, Drew McIntyre was probably one of the best wrestlers of the past year or so. But that being said, Bobby Lashley had a better year than Drew McIntyre, so maybe Bobby Lashley was right to keep the belt. I don't you know to get the belt. I don't know how you feel, CJ. I think for me, the good the good soldier theory holds up if it's someone who is like a WWE lifer. And that's not to take anything away from Drew. You know, he, Drew McIntyre definitely was the MVP of 2020. Him and mm-hmm. him, him, Oscar and Jay's second, Jay Uso's second half runner, like the MVPs of professional wrestling in 2020, mm-hmm. bottom line. And the good soldier thing probably holds more weight if McIntyre had been like a WWE lifer. I mean, if, he, if this is like Undertaker, getting one last run with the belt, then yeah, that's fine. But McIntyre will probably have some more chances down the line. Lashley, meanwhile, and the credit once again goes to uh, Mr. Uh, Montel Montavious Porter, MVP, because he is like the career saver. Yeah. Like he, he, like even though they did this foolish thing and split up the Hurt Business, the Hurt Business was popping. Lashley is probably the most dominant champion WWE has seen since Brock Lesnar, who's probably yep. going to come back and challenge Lashley at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And that to me, it just makes sense. You know, you have this monster of a man who is tired of playing nice, even though he can't grow a beard to save his life. But he's he's nasty. I mean, you know, he literally just you know will put the hurt lock on somebody until they are a rag doll. That is what you want from a champion. Vince has two champions for the first time since this brand split in any era that can scare the bedevil out of anybody. Mm-hmm. If if Reigns and Lashley ever met. It might it might literally shut a stadium down. That's how <laughs> that's how dominant those two guys are, and I felt like it was just good business to keep the belt on Lashley. Yeah, no, no, no you know what? CJ stole stole my thunder. Not, not to use a WIP term. No, I, I mean like I am like I agree with Chris. It's like man, dude, True deserves like I don't know a lot of recognition for kind of holding that no crowd error afloat. Because if you put the strap on anyone but Drew McIntyre. Less than whatever the hell people were watching the the, the minimal uh, ratings that Raw was getting. You're getting a lot worse. So, but like, I mean, it's not like Drews are tiring. I, I mean, like, for now, you build up Lashley, mm-hmm. and then Bork comes back. Like, I know, like, I, I mean, this is this is what, and this is what we always like long term play. Like, I, I mean, don't do something to get like. I mean, I mean, we're in front of twenty. It's not like we're in front of like a hundred at hundred k at like Texas Stadium. I, I mean, like, 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 and it's like you got to play the long, the long game with with some of these titles. And I think they did it with right with Lashley. You know, Drew's Drew's an established star. You know, Lashley again gets the belt. He becomes a bigger star. You know, MVP is you know CJ mentions a great heater for him. So again, you build up. You need. But you more know stars. what, Roy? Like, you know what? The story of Drew McIntyre doesn't get told enough, man. This dude was like, this dude got sent. This dude got sent, like, I don't know, like, he got treated like Scott Carey. Like, I don't know, sent to the minors, like, mm-hmm. forever, and told him he wasn't junk. Came back, like, went to NXT, got hurt, and then came back, like, I don't know, like, 
just and just wait it just waited his time man so like i, I like I think Drew has another title reign. Like, but that's the thing. Like, I think people need to get get is not everyone's gonna get a title run. Like, I, I mean, like, there's like title runs are meant for the elite dudes. Like, I, I mm -hmm. mean, I think that and like, do I want a title run for Cesaro? Hell yeah! But I don't know if that's in the cards. Oh, well, it's, it's not in the cards. We'll talk about the Cesaro thing in a second. But there was one match before that. In the interest of time, we won't say too much about that other than. I'm glad Tamina got her flowers. I'm happy for Tamina. There will be no Tamina slander on this program. Um, hey, man. Hey, man. She made Natty. She made me root for Natty. Yeah. And Natty is a hell of a seat. Yeah. Like, Natty, Natty gets no love here on the Broadstreet line. Um, but shout out to Tamina, though. She got a nice little run on, on, on night one of, the, of, the, uh, of, of WrestleMania. And then shout out to Cesaro, again, for, for having his WrestleMania moment against Rollins, you know, does he need a title shot? No, but he needs to be somewhere in the mix for a belt because he's just too talented. He's a he's a super talented guy. I think CJ, I think would agree. Yeah, for me, Cesaro is one of those guys who is unfortunately destined to get lost in the shuffle because he doesn't have a a, a boatload of charisma. You know, mm -hmm. Rusev was able. He doesn't. He plays video game, but I think. But if you ever hear a Cesaro interview. He's fine. Like, like, like. There's a lot of dudes that like feel they deserve that title one, and uh, but there's a lot of guys out there that are just like fine with their place, don't rock the boat, and I think that's Cesaro. And like, I, I mean, but I think he's not taking offense to say, "Oh my God, I haven't gotten a title." I mean, he still hasn't had a belt. He hasn't had a singles belt in his WWE career. Well, to be fair, if we're um, to counterpoint. Jake the Snake Roberts didn't have one either. No, and like, Jake and Jake is probably one of the more thought of, highly thought of guys in the history of this industry, yeah. regardless of territory, regardless of federation. When you say the name Jake the Snake Roberts, three letters come to mind, don't you? Don't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, and 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 that's as, and that's just as good as a championship belt. Exactly. No, it, but this is why people like you, more people like you, need to exist. It's like not. This isn't like the NBA. Where like I don't know, people join the the nets to like get a bogus championship. Like I I mean like this like it's your legacy and like Jake didn't like like Jake didn't need titles to like for his legacy. Steamboat didn't need titles for his legacy. Like I mean they're just dudes that just want to just put on bangers and like go home. And that and that to me. Yeah, that's probably that probably describes Cesaro because you got to remember a lot of these um, indie darlings and our Ring of Honor guys that people are clamming for to get belts. These folks are just happy that they are not wrestling in VFWs anymore. Yeah, you got you got you got to remember a lot of guys. We 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 see we see the video of a 175 pound Seth Rollins doing a 450 splash off a fat dude's belly. He's mm -hmm. tired of that. He's yes. very much he is very much happy in the Thunderdome. Wearing these ridiculous Steve Harvey suits, calling himself Seven Dripping Rounds. You know why? Because the check always clears. Exactly. Yes, no. Exactly. Well, and I think that's what, like, because someone showed a video of Cesaro doing that same UFO move on Rollins at like the 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 the, the Des Moines equivalent of the twenty three hundred arena. <laughs> no, you're exactly exactly right. There's a lot of guys again who just you know, as long as that direct deposit hit every Friday, then they're they're, they're good. Like it doesn't really matter. Um, that said, there's a couple of matches I do want to talk about from, from day one, obviously other matches, um, AJ Styles and, and almost, uh, defeated the new day for the raw tag team titles. Um, almost has as many wrestling moves as me. Um, but they actually made him look good. So shout out to the new day for making almost look like a, I'll say a competent wrestler, but he, he really isn't. Um, but again, you don't need the new day. Don't need the belt. So we're always here on the brush. line. we were a team. Give the belts to people who need the belts. New day don't yes. need the titles. Obviously, They've been champions does. for ten times. Yeah, no, like, almost does. So make 11. him a star. Eleven. Yeah. Make him a star, and then go, then go on with it. I, I have no problem with that. My no, thing that's is, think about. Oh, sorry, sorry, CJ. Titles, like you said, boy. Titles are meant to elevate guys yeah. or or elevate gals. And the new day don't need no more elevation. They're elevated. Yeah, they're fine. They're good. And yeah. to make. And here's the thing about Omos. I almost got. I hate they changed his name to Omos. Whatever, like it doesn't yeah, make any yeah. sense. If you're gonna call him Omos, at least add another S onto it. That's just the English language and literature minor in me. Sorry about that. But um, here's the thing: Omos has shown more charisma by just being a big African dude 
than any than just than just about anyone on the roster. Like he was talking noise when he was just slapping down down uh Xavier Woods and uh Kofi. He was like when he, when he when he smacked the mess out of um Kofi, he went down for the choke slam. He was like, "That's what I'm talking about." I was right. like, "See that kind of stuff you can build on." I'm not saying he mm-hmm. is going to be Dwayne Johnson or Stone Cold Steve Austin on the mic. Far from it. Don't but, need But here's the thing: you didn't need Andre the Giant, who spoke pass barely passable English. You and, didn't need no like this guy is a heater. Like <laughs> yes. this guy is like China. Like like China like China didn't have a moveset, but you know what? She scared the hell out of everybody. And like I, I mean, and like having him paired with with a with a with a goaded vet like AJ is like perfect. Like I, I mean, he Absolutely. get like and like I, I can't imagine like the wisdom that dude is like like no like let's just like I don't know let's just hope he doesn't turn into Giant Gonzalez. Okay, that's it. <laughs> oh lord, absolutely that, right. That to me is still probably the worst. WrestleMania nine is the worst WrestleMania of them all. If we if we were ever to rank, rank WrestleMania's. WrestleMania nine is the worst. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. I, mean, I mean, when Roy is going back and watching all WrestleMania, that's when I know he's invested. Because, like, I think we can all agree or kind of agree that WrestleMania seventeen is probably one of the three best WrestleManias, if not oh, yes. the best. Oh, yes. right, we're not we're not having a WrestleMania seventeen <laughs> conversation. We got we got to talk about WrestleMania thirty seven. We got ten minutes. I will kind of run through the important okay. matches uh, of this show. We will not talk obviously Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. No. Do you want to give flowers to the people in the last two matches though? I was. Thoroughly impressed by Bad Bunny in his match uh, against The Miz and John Morrison. I need this to be more than a one-off. I almost bought tickets at a Bad Bunny concert next year. Bad Bunny has showed more, more of a moveset in that match than John Cena showed in 15 years. I give give Bad Bunny all the flowers, all of them. No, right man. No, this is – see, all this is the problem with just idiot wrestling fans or just people on Twitter in general. Is like they complain about the celebrities come in. But they don't understand it's the business. It's been doing this since forever. Like, I, I mean, like, this is what the first WrestleMania was built on. It was mm-hmm. what darn near every WrestleMania has been built on, a celebrity presence. To varying degrees of success, I, I mean, like, you had David Arquette. <laughs> but I mean, like, but I think Bad Bunny showed that, man, it, it, if you devote time into doing the wrestling, because there's a lot of dudes that, that ain't about the wrestling. They just want to, like, I don't know, show up, hit a couple promos. Like, I don't know, like, hit, like, some bogus leg drop or, like, hit someone with a chair and be gone. But it showed Bad Bunny, and I think I think Randy Orton might have said it. It's like he respects the business, and mm-hmm. he put in work to be respected by the wrestlers. Because those dudes, those dudes and, and, and dudettes, they probably ain't about, like, I don't know, some, some celebrity coming in and just, like, I don't know, like, taking a dump on wrestling right. and just trying to collect a check. Let's talk about this really quickly. I mean, we're talking about a dude who not only hit a Falcon arrow, yes. but a Canadian destroyer on yes. the outside of the ring. Like, yes. who taught him this? Like, <laughs> like this isn't like this isn't your like like Chris said, this isn't your garden variety. Oh, I'm gonna trip you or hit you with a low blow or smack you with yes. a chair. I am going to give you luchador. I am yes. going to give you, you know, ROH. I'm going to give you yes. wrestling. And it's like, I was shocked when he hit that Canadian destroyer. I fell off my bed. I was like, are you kidding me right now? But that- I mean, look at what Shaq did. Like, I mean, like Shaq did the bare minimum in AW. Like, I mean, like, like does he respect the business? Sure. But he's not putting in the work because he, he has other stuff to do. But it feel, it sounds like Bad Bunny, like, like took everything off his plate and it's like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to wrestle. And, and I don't think you could tell the Bad Bunny story without his trainers and, mm-hmm. Miz and Morrison, because yeah. those dudes made him and Priest look like John Mar. Like I mean, he he looked like a stunt double. He was just like I mean, I don't I don't think he could have done that on Miz, but I think on Morrison, like you could do that Canadian destroyer stuff. No, they made they made him look like a star, like you said. The the producers and and trainers made him look like a star. Again, we have five minutes, so we got to run through the rest of this. But CJ, I'm just gonna give you the floor. You got 90 seconds. Again, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, two black women. Headlining WrestleMania night one, first time ever. I'm going to give you the floor. Just, just, just go at it. Beautiful. Simple as that. When you talk about where Bianca Belair came from, you know, and credit go, and credit needs to go to Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, because he discovered her. Mm-hmm. He, he'll, he'll never take any credit for it, but Bianca Belair's success is Mark Henry's, you know, validation in this business. And so Mark Henry should absolutely pat himself on the back, number one. Number two, 
Sasha Banks is 29 years old, could retire today like Jim Brown at 29 years old and be regarded as one of the greatest women's wrestlers to ever do it. That mm -hmm. is how good she is. Like, she has put on banger after banger after banger after banger. Don't matter who it's with. Doesn't matter if it's with Charlotte. Doesn't matter if it's with Bailey. Doesn't matter if it's with Asuka. Doesn't matter if it's with someone as green, but with as much potential as Bianca Belair. Sasha Banks don't know nothing but great matches. Yep. That's all she do. And... You know, now that she's got the Disney bag, she's a married woman. I assume her and her husband want to start a family at some point. So we better in. I think CJ Sasha is one of the greats. Go ahead. And to put Bianca over as well as she did and be, mm -hmm. you know, proud to do it. Yeah. You know, that that's the ultimate good soldier. And I hope people really understand that Sasha Banks is not probably only one of the greatest women's wrestlers, probably the greatest women wrestler right now, probably one of the top five, regardless of gender in the game today and yes. that's all i got to say oh no. Uh, uh, no and i think and what wrestling in general does more better i think than any sport is put the women on give the women the same space to be great as the men and i mm -hmm. don't think every sport can say that like i, I mean they have made a concerted effort whether it's a couple of years ago with putting becky around and charlotte as the main event it, like there's like they're actually putting it out like they're saying, yo, we believe in this. And you know what? We believe in it. We're going to put it last and put a banger on. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, kudos to, to, to Vince McMahon for, for doing that, for, again, you know, taking the, the showcase of the immortals and giving the women time to shine, you know, at, on day one of WrestleMania. Speaking of Vince McMahon, again, we only have two minutes left. We will not, and I repeat, will not get out of here without giving him his flowers for letting me know that there is a Nigerian drum fight. I never knew of this before. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, but shout out to this man for telling me something that I had no idea existed. Not only did I not know about it, but now I saw the first ever Nigerian drum fight, Apollo Cruz and Biggie. What? I'm sorry. What the hell was that? Like, what, <laughs> wait, what, what are we doing, man? Really quickly about yeah. this. Yeah, we gotta keep I think, it quick. I'm sorry. I, I, I think this is starting Biggie's push towards challenging Roman. Okay. I get that you know you got You've invested all this in Apollo, so you got to give him something at some point. But this is more about making Big E competent for a run at Roman. And like Chris said, we like the long game. Mm -hmm. So this, it wouldn't surprise me that if you, at some point you get the point, you get the scenario where Big E starts running towards Roman, Jay gets in the way, Big E wins the rumble. He goes through all of this <coughs> stuff. And then it's Roman versus Big E and, and Dallas. No, I, I think wow. I, I like, I like that. I like that. Um, and again, let's, let's, again, we have literally two minutes left, but let's, let's do the kind of, kind of the quick round table, Chris, 30 seconds. Give me a couple matches you kind of see down the road, maybe SummerSlam, maybe a little bit after that. Oh, no. I This has been in my think tank all week, and I've been waiting for Gotta it. Got to keep it quick. Oh, oh, no. WrestleMania 38, Dallas, Texas, title versus career, Cena, Roman. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Yes. I like, I like yes. that. All right. All right. Yeah, I was I was thinking again. I, I think the whole as you as you mentioned, Chris, before I think the whole uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, Brock Lesnar thing. I think that thing is. I think it's once SummerSlam comes around and we get a hundred percent people in a building. I think that's what's going to happen. I'm trying to figure out where Becky Lynch kind of figures out in the into this mix too. But I think she's going to come back at some point as well. So Becky Lynch probably at some SummerSlam as well. CJ, I don't know if you got something besides what you just mentioned. Okay, aside from Biggie Roman at Mania 38, I got I got Lashley Brock at SummerSlam. And for WrestleMania 38 for Raw Women's Title, I have Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch mm. versus Oscar mm. versus Charlotte Flair. I like it. I like it. Ooh. Maybe even Ronda Rousey comes back for that one. If you want, if you want to send, spend, all, you know, have all the monies come through the uh, the, the WKM coffers. Although those monies don't go to wrestlers because they just cut a bunch. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. before we get out of here, we literally have a minute to go. But CJ, thank you as always for joining us. Thank you, CJ. Please let the folks know because again, you're you're a published author. You have your own podcast and all sorts of other good stuff going on. Please let people know how they can keep up with you online. You can find me on Twitter all the time, and you will likely find Roy escorting me off of Twitter for something I've said or done at the, Twitter, at the Twitter handle CJ Writes and Things. C-J-W-R-I-T-E-S, the letter N, T-H-A-N-G-S. That's all one word. You'll find me there spouting all kinds of nonsense and then some common sense stuff in between, but you'll see Roy kicking me off Twitter at some point. <laughs> follow him on twitter again cj writes and things again he's an author he's a music enthusiast he's a car enthusiast you know so any you know and and again he's a savage on the on the twitter streets so um again i'm surprised i'm surprised i'm surprised that twitter hasn't banned him 
um, at some point, given that the fact that they banned Jason Whitlock, I, I, I was imagining they, they banned CJ. Well, for like a day or whatever. Oh, okay. but anyhow, but thank you as always, CJ, for joining us again. We'll have you on in the not too distant future to talk some more wrestling and music and whatever else comes to mind. Thanks again, man. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you all for you. having me. As always, greatly appreciate it. So once again, this is the end of the Broad Street Line. Um, thank you guys, as always, for listening. 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. But we are out of here. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. So you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Se siente bien saber que cuando le pones sirope a tu Big Breakfast with the Hotcakes de McDonald's, tú controlas dónde cae. Primero se acerca a tu biscuit y rodea la salchicha, luego llega a tus hash browns y finalmente a tus huevos revueltos, dándoles ese sabor dulce del maple. Ordena por anticipado en el app de McDonald's y que fluya el sirope. Para pa pa pa. Móvil Order and Pay en McDonald's Participantes, se requiere la descarga y registro.